Hey, welcome back. The Men Podcast, Mexican style, down here in Baja, Mexico, fishing the beautiful Sea of Cortez. It's uh, the fifth day. I think I got that right. The fifth day, go home day. Right. Totally bummed out day. We're right. drinking what might, may or may not be our last margarita here okay. in Baja. Right. I'm sitting here with my best pal, Connor Craig. Uh, normally, Connor and I are chasing elk, deer, bears, cougars, hunting stuff. Uh, he's my number one hunting buddy. Uh, but we also like to go chase them Dorados together yes. Uh, yes. with the fly rod. So welcome to the show, Connor. First, oh, first time you. podcaster. First time podcaster. Second time Baja fisherman, uh, saltwater fisherman. Haven't done much of that with a fly rod, but it was amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So you you came out of the ranks of a trout fisherman. Right. Did some guiding for reds. Right. Over time, kind of part-time, lots of trout fishing, a lot of steelhead fishing. Right. And now you're in the saltwater game. You hooked? Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I hope we can come back every year. If you haven't done it, I would highly recommend it. It's uh, super easy. Like I tell people that ask me about it, um, you know, it can be intimidating. I don't know anything about saltwater fly fishing, but um, if you can, if you're a novice caster, you can actually come down here and catch a trophy dorado. Yeah, I fish. we'll get into this in more detail, but to be honest, like Dorado, they're fun. There are different skills that it requires, but long, accurate, delicate casting generally is not one. <laughs> <laughs> not one of those, dude. You just you can hammer cast it with a twelve weight and a five hundred right. grain sinking line and just strip your brains out. If the situation's right and they're in a feeding frenzy, right. it's utter chaos. Right. It just gets your gear in the water, get your fly there immediately. Well, I think because you're a margarita and a half deep, and I'm I'm right behind you. Just to keep some structure in the podcast here, uh, let's kind of go through our trip. I know we might mess up the chronology of this, but let's kind of start with our trip from day one because we brought our wives with us, mm-hmm. and we'll talk a lot about you know this is a couple's trip that Reds puts on, and uh, we structure this just due to popularity. Most of the women don't want to fish every day, right? Kiri fished two days, right? And that she was, you know, high. You know, she put in the most hours out of all the gals because you get beat up. You, if the wind comes up out there, you get beat up. I mean, and when you're twenty, you know, we were as much as twenty five miles out. You know, the gals that we run with are wives. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, The gals that we run with. That's some loud. That's some loud Mexican music. You guys hear that? Hang on, we're gonna stop for a second. All right, that was funny. Javier, Javier, that's funny. I can look back on the little, the bar graph, like when we're recording this, and I can see where that, that mariachi music kicked in. Kicked in. (laughs) Javier shut her down for us, though. (laughs) So, Kiri was high rod. She fished two days. Uh, Kelly, uh, my wife, was bummed she didn't fish another day, but she would have hated yesterday. Right. I mean, she would have had a terrible time. She's, she likes fishing, but she's not going to go out in three to five foot swells and get beat up by the wind right in for for legitimately 30 minutes of great action i mean yesterday we did some other stuff too but we had 30 minutes where it was smoking right you know but the rest of the day was basically searching kind of going on right dorado patrol yeah i got similar feedback from my wife she uh she would have loved to go fishing again but um when we went out with them it was calm it was pretty relaxing it was a Tremendous day. That day was a, was a ten out of ten. Day. The, the day was. the gals yeah. fished with us. Yeah, and the other days they it, they wouldn't have had that. It was rougher, you know. Um, it wouldn't have been as enjoyable. Yeah, because they were a little tainted from that experience last year. We took them out and just did one. You know, we fish four and invite the gals. They can go as many days as they really want. We just it's like a double date. The pongas they're super right. pongas, twenty six feet long on average. Four is comfortable, right. and it doesn't really detract from your fishing having four anglers. Because with Dorado, you get into a feeding frenzy, and you want as many fish on as possible. Because right. those are like your decoys, dude. Right? Yeah. yeah. You want you're, you want, they you get Dorado near the boat, you're almost always going to get right. a double. I mean, yeah, that feeding frenzy, it just uh, it's contagious. We more commonly had doubles than singles. Yeah. Say. Yeah. But and had that triple. Yeah. So what happened day one? I I'm having a tough time. Did we catch Dorado day one? We missed them. We hooked. We I, I oh, hooked yeah. and lost like two or three. That's right. Um, we uh, we got into that one. Yep. We went way out yep. in that rough water and chased that one big bull dorado. He came out of the water a couple times. 
I got one like glancing attempt yeah. at that fish, and then we actually that was about twenty miles out, right. and then we moved in and we got into that pod of them, dude. That was right. just we that we we totally right. hosed that up. And that was one of actually the coolest things that I saw on trip. We saw a lot of great wildlife down here, but that Bull Dorado on the first day, we saw a bird up feeding, and it swooped down, missed a flying fish that came out of the water, and then immediately after that, that Bull Dorado came out of the water and jumped like 30 feet yeah. in distance, three or four feet off the water, and snagged it in midair. I mean, yeah. it was awesome. It, it was, was awesome. a thing of beauty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so later that day, you hook, you stung a couple, mm-hmm. had them on briefly. Mm-hmm. I missed a great big boulder out on a popper, which was, yeah. I don't know why I was throwing a popper. I thought, you know, I'm like, first day, let's get one. <laughs> right. Let's get one. Like, right. let's be styling about it. I wish I, now I'd just throw my sink tip in a sardine because it was a big for fish. those, yeah, and part of the point of our podcast here is we want to make it, it, it's pretty easy to come down here and have success. It, right. There's some luck involved. You know, you don't have to be the world's greatest fisherman or caster to come down here and kick no. some butt. I mean... Kelly caught two awesome fish. Yeah. Right? Yeah, she caught uh, at least one ride. I don't know. She caught two or two. Yeah. Yeah. I thought two. two but, yeah. Yeah, so my, you know, you know, my wife's not much of an angler. I mean, she's she gets a lot of exposure to fishing, so she's not like, hey, let's go fishing all the time. Right. <laughs> she's more like, hey, let's go to, let's go camping and right. you know, do something else outdoors, but, or let's lay by the pool and read, read books. Right. My wife's a total book nerd. Right. So we come on these vacations, she's happy to read, but... So that day, that was pretty much. Did we see that big rooster fish that day, or no? No, I. I think two. we saw the big rooster fish with the gals. So basically, we're summarizing day one's action in a matter of about we chased that one big bull dorado, and then I'm sure there was more for a few minutes, and then we got a couple of hookups real quick, and I had that big one just annihilate my popper, and I just blew it and missed him, and uh, that was about it, really. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we went and I think we we did look for roosters. Um, gosh, I swear you got a pretty good shot at one of them. Was it day I, one I can't or day remember two? what day that was. Yeah. Connor and I fished together every day, so it's harder to track the chronology. But point is, day two took the ladies out. Yep. So that was like double date day, and we took the gals out and got on a good. Well, first off, thing in the morning, we just wanted the ladies to like to get into some fish, and none of the women on our trip are serious anglers. They're right. like. They want to go on a sweet vacation, catch a few fish. They want to go see turtles. They want to go see dolphins. The ladies love the dolphins. Ladies love dolphins. <laughs> oh, the ladies love the dolphins. <laughs> they want to see whales, sea lions. Right. Cool birds. Right. Catch a few fish. Right. Wait, yeah. And we uh, pretty much saw it all. Yeah, when we saw all that stuff. Um, we saw whales, everything. Uh, we saw whale shark, which is super yeah. rare. I don't remember who saw that. Kevin? Kevin yeah, and Larry? the boat. Yeah. They see a whale shark like every couple of years here, big polka dot thing. They got some killer video of it. But so we took the ladies out. But the first thing we did at daylight, we left the marina. That's the other thing too is the fishing here is basically hot from like seven a.m. to about nine or ten, and so you're up at five a.m. every day walking to the marina. And I don't know about other people's, you know, spouses, gals, or people in general, but. Uh, my gal doesn't want to go on vacation and get up at 5 right. every single day, especially when we're kind of up late in the evenings. I mean, there's a lot of socialization happening. Right. I mean, we're all catching up. We're all old friends. So we stay up till you know, pretty late, then trying to get up at 5 and get right. to the marina, only to go out in giant swells and get seasick. Right. It doesn't sound too awesome to her, but we just want to make this day with the ladies fun. So we went. We asked the, we all asked the captains the same thing, like, hey, let's just get into some fish early. We don't care of size. So we went and caught those little yellowtail yes. uh, on the backside of that spit in the morning. And there was a bunch of boats there. That's another thing we want to prepare people for. Like, if you get on a bite, like, prepare for these captains. So it must have been day three that there was that total crap show yeah, out there. Yeah, day three, yeah. But we – so expect to see other boats. But we were all around each other getting those yellowtail. Yellow yeah. And Trisha – Trish caught, like, three or four, had a great time. yeah. Um, and if you're curious about this trip, like, to be honest, 10 and 12 weight rods with big sink tips are tough, you know, for most, you know, women to cast. It just, it requires a lot of lifting power. There's sure there's gals that can rip some line, but in my gal ain't one of them. Right. She casts a five weight rod pretty damn good, but picking up heavy sink tips and, you know, Enrico Puglisi sardine patterns and 
five, you know, 500 grain sink tips, just damn heavy. Right. So they're actually, they were fishing live bait. You know, they're happy. I mean, you get those girls out there and they're like, they're kids again. I mean, they're right. like, yeah, whatever. And that's what it's all about. And you just want to get them on the fish. They don't care if it's on a gear rod or a fly rod. They really don't care. They just want to feel the tug. Yeah. They want to be part of the action too. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, they just got to feel like they showed us how it was done, <laughs> yeah. which they enjoyed very much. Yeah, they were just talking smack, and the yeah. captain's getting in on it. He's like, "Man, gra- glad I brought the ladies today." You know, <laughs> yeah. they're actually catching fish. Yeah. Some yeah, we cat- missed a couple, <laughs> so they caught a bunch of yellowtail. And then I hooked that. We never saw it, but I hooked Huge that snapper. Yeah, yeah, or sea bass or whatever yeah. it was. So I hooked. There was a feeding frenzy in there because there was all these yellowtail, and then oh, there was a lot of other mixed species. It could have been a, a big sea bass or a giant snapper, but I hooked it on a twelve weight sage. With a big T-bore reel, when I in sixty pound test line, I want to tell you, I like I put the boots to that thing like for about a minute, and I go, okay, you know, I've got this thing done, you know, hook done, and probably got the edge taken off it, and I gave the rod to Kelly, and then it started just peeling out a crap ton of line, and uh, so I was going to let her fight it, and watching my my little toothpick gal fight that thing on a twelve weight's pretty entertaining. <laughs> it's running like not even that fast, and she's like, oh my gosh, it's going to pull me in. <laughs> Anyway, the damn thing went in a hole down there and got in some rocks, and we ended up breaking that fish off. But that's one I wished that, right. you know, I hooked it for her, and uh, she had a, that was like a, you know, that was a pretty good party for her, like, trying to, land, right. you know, fight that thing. And she just could not even, it just took the rod from her every time. It'd take right. that rod and just bow it down. She would right. tug back on it. But we caught those yellowtail, and then we went and uh, just what we call, I call it on patrol. Yeah, patrol, Dorado patrol. Yeah, so we end up zipping around. What about, like, was that pretty interesting learning about the water temps that morning? Yeah, totally. That was great. Our guide was on the fish finder. He had a really nice fish finder in the boat, uh, which was kind of a rarity. They all don't, but uh, they're all well aware of, like, you know, we're looking for, you know, close to 80-degree water with some grass. Yeah. Some sort of grass or, you know, some floating debris on the top, mostly grass. Sargosa. Sargosa, yeah. Yeah, seaweed. And it's fun to participate because, like, you can ask the captain questions and don't expect your captains to know they're not going to guide like a United States guide. They're not going to guide you like a flats guide. These guys spend as much time gear fishing or more. I mean, and I understand why they think fly fishing got a silly. They're like, no, fly fishing's too hard. You know, why would I do that? You know, right. like, um, you know, Dorado Fisher. These fish are awesome to catch. One, no matter how you do it. Like, I, I prefer fly fishing, but I'm not opposed to gear fishing. I've done a little bit of gear fishing down here when, you know, it makes sense. But that water, learning, like, from the captains, like, that water from, like, 79 and a half, like, to 83 was, like, what they were kind of looking for. And some of the guys would just feel the water, and they just know. And then they could see those slicks, right? Right. The foam lines and the, yeah, the slicks with, you get a long line, it could be, you know, three quarters of a mile to a mile long of grass, and you go check those grasses. Yeah. You know, throw the sardines out and be ready. Yeah, so we go scum lining, right? Right. Which the girls would love. You know, we hit that first patch of grass and we crushed those Dorado. I think Kelly hooked two. We had that triple on. Yeah, we had three on at once. Was it t- I'm going to post a YouTube video of this and. I'm going to make this claim right now. We got a lot of crappy video. (laughs) It was very, very exciting. It's chaotic. It's chaotic. (laughs) Dude, it is utter freaking nuts. So we roll up on this grass. So we're looking down these scum lines, meaning, like, you see clues, right? Like, and it's fun to participate. Like, you're another set of eyes in the boat. You might be, like, you know, not a well-educated set of eyes. But if you see some birds, like some frigate birds. Right. Or some friggin' birds, we call them. Right. If you see some friggin' birds in the distance and they're diving or doing something, I mean, you point out to the captain, and sometimes he's like, nah, they're, you know, they're doing something else or they're traveling, you know, he knows. But, like, it's fun. Like, you'll see some grass, you're like, hey, Sargosa, 11 o'clock, and he'll go check it out. And usually yeah. he's already saw it like two minutes before. Right. But, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, these guys have been fishing out here for decades. Most of them had 20 years yeah. experience, you know, you know our captains. Um, so you, you may not feel like your guide is super scooping, but because uh, you're in fishing in a different country, but they have a ton of experience and don't discount that. No, the tides, the water temperatures, mm-hmm. literally identifying, you know, a warm patch of water based on the slicks that they see. They can look at the surface currents and that wind chop will be different over that warm water and they'll zip over there. But anyway, let's get into this meat and potatoes, the chaos here that right. ensued. Right. When these ladies got their first shots at right. Cinderado. Right. It was 
it was crazy because you know uh, Joe's kind of coaching him up as we approach and Antonio the guy that day you know we get closer he kind of idles down and uh, you know checks make sure everybody's ready. Well, we to saw go. that grass patch. We saw the grass, yeah. And there were some seagulls. Seagulls. And nearby pelicans. And maybe even yeah, a tortuga. I can't yeah. remember that specific one, but yeah. So Antonio tosses out a couple sardinos and boom, you know, explosions, underwater explosions, dude. So describe to me the first time you ever rolled up on a pot of Dorado and saw him eat sardines. It it was crazy. I mean, it was utter chaos. It was just like I couldn't get my fly out fast enough because they are so fast. Your eye cannot track them. Yeah, and you're just like, you know, they're throwing, they're chumming, the guy's chumming, throwing the sardines out. Live sardines. Right, and you're trying to kind of cast where the sardines hit um, and and just kind of create, you know, be, be a... Uh, pr- participant in the chaos. Yeah. And then, you know, you throw it out there and you just start stripping as fast as you can and most of the time in that frenzy you're going to get a hookup. And it is nuts because you do feel like you're under siege. Like, right. holy shit, you know, right. where these fish come from? And then, right. But the live sardines, like, I want to make a point in saying, like, because, like, when I first heard about Dorado and rooster fishing, I'm like, oh, live chum, that's lame. Now I'm like, no, I, I like literally look at the live wells and like, we need as many sardines because they'll suffocate if you get too many in there. Right. So the, the captains are constantly like trying to pick out the weak Manage ones and the... just, just pitch them in the morning. So you pay for your bait in the morning. It's usually about 20 bucks for a live well full of sardines. And like, you want as much live chum as you can because you have to understand we're in like 1,800 feet, foot deep water sometimes. Like, it's literally the abyss. Right. And if you, if you don't do something to keep them in the area, why do they want to stay around when a boat rolls up over a grass paddy? Right. Like, you have to do something. They're already there because, like, to explain this, you're out there in this ocean. Like, I mean, it, we are 20 miles offshore sometimes. And you roll up, and there's some a grass paddy that's making a shadow which is then attracting bait, and it's got its own little ecosystem, and you've got some frigate birds and some seagulls and some other stuff, usually that's trying to get at that bait that's using that shadow from that grass paddy. Hell, that bait would probably be a lot better off if they stayed away from the shadows. Right, <laughs> right. And these grass paddies are like, you know, anywhere from, you know, two feet, two foot in diameter to, you know, the bigger the better. Dude, I think the biggest we, one we saw was maybe like 20 foot diameter. Biggest, yeah, like the size of a kitchen table. Dude, you right. find one the size of a kitchen table. You got and, a chance. And the water's warm, you got a good chance. But So these captains roll up on these grass patties and they pitch those live sardines. And, dude, those sardines, those Dorado are so fast. Those Dorado or those sardines are swimming for their lives. They have zero chance. Zero chance. Those Dorado are so fast. 100% mortality on sardines. 100%. Like, if those Dorado want them, they get Now, we did see fish that didn't take live sardines because there's been so much bait. Right. That they get to the point where they're like, eh, they're not that motivated. You know, I mean, they've got bait all the time. But with the girls, we roll up on that thing, and I immediately, I, I jump up on the front of that deck. I can't help it. I jump up high as I can and see. I'm like, oh, there's four Dorado. And about Antonio's way ahead of it, right? Like right. he's already got like midair. There's Dorado, there's sardines flying. <laughs> dude, those things hit like popcorn, and those Dorado just, doosh, 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 dude, <laughs> crap goes down so fast. Like I don't even remember like the details, but pretty quick, you know, you've got a Dorado on. Yeah. Kelly, my wife has a Dorado on. She's fishing live bait. She's right. like, you know, screw, screw yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, she's like, she doesn't care. She's throwing live bait. And I'm I've got one on fly. So, and in some ways, like I mean, the fly fishing when you get on that opportunity, dude, it doesn't matter what you're throwing. No, fly fishing is pretty damn easy. Right. I don't think live bait's that much easier. No, I don't like, think so either. You're gonna get one. You're gonna that, get one in that like, scenario. Under those conditions, you're gonna get one. Now, if you're lucky, you'll reel it in as fast as you can and get another one asap. Dude, so this whole thing blows up. Just blows up we've got three dorado on i'm passing my rod under kelly my line at one point those dorado take off so fast steve burned a hole in his leather sims guide glove where the line ran across him kevin got line burned so bad this week he had to get super glued i had that one wrap around the the butt of my rod and i had to flip my drag damn near wide open because the the, the line was going around the butt of my rod, and I'm not bad. I've had a lot of saltwater fish take off hard, and that thing just, right. it took off so damn fast because they're close to the boat, and right. as soon as they're hooked, dude, they just. 
they go nuclear. Right. And that thing took off. And then I finally got around. I had to pass the rod at that point under Kelly's rod, over the top. It takes off running, and then I had a way loose drag. I, you know, con- consciously I saw there was about to be a hand grenade going off in my right. hand if my drag were tight. I was so just going to ask you that. That's a good tip right there. Keep your drag loose until you got them on. Right. You know, not just beyond backlash. Like right. you want it just above backlash. Don't. Fighting drag is different than fishing drag. Right. Because remember when the, the line got around my foot that one time? Right. Dude, that could have literally wrecked. Like, dude, you could lose an Achilles tendon. Those damn things right. run so fast. It literally, the line got around my leg once on Dorado on day last day, yesterday. Last day, yeah. Yeah, yesterday. So anyway, utter chaos breaks out. Fish on everywhere. And Antonio wouldn't let us hook the fourth. Like, we, we like we easily could yeah. have hooked the four. Yeah. Like, there would have been no problem having right. four on, but he was like, he's he, managing these idi- he's a bunch of idiots. Like, I've got a fish on. It's around my rod. I'm right. passing under there. My wife's screaming at the <laughs> right. top of her lungs because she's never hooked a fish that strong. You know, you're pumped up. Yeah. You know, We're your- screaming, hooting her holler, having a, just a great time. Dude. He's like, no mas. Let's, let's let's handle what we have in front of us. <laughs> so, yeah, that yours goes out and gets stuck in that grass paddy. Yeah. It goes to for home. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm out. Yeah, yours went and got stuck in the grass paddy. We're fishing such heavy line. It just kind of got stuck in there. Kelly lands hers and keeps it, I think. Right, we kept that one. We kept that one so we can have fresh mahi-mahi tacos. Yeah. Back at whatever restaurant we want to take it to, which are awesome. I end up landing mine, releasing it. We go get retrieve yours. Then we make a little circle back around, and Kelly and Trish are going to hook them on the fly rods this time and we go back around and i literally threw a cast left-handed because i was videoing my my wife with a with a phone right-handed and i literally i'm like if you can picture this i got this part on video and i threw with the left hand just i'm like i'll just flip mine out by the grass patty as we're coasting up with my left hand i go yeah, I might as well give it a little jiggy jiggy (laughs) jiggy jiggy. (laughs) i'm literally filming her i'm like jiggy jiggy with the left hand and that freaking dorado just smacks it just smashes yeah. it like i said it's like you're not gonna you did get good footage of that because i remember you talking about hooking it left-handed <laughs> yeah. on video which was awesome like we're not gonna try to tell you what great fishermen we are catching these dorado you're right that <laughs> it's just capitalizing on an opportunity yeah being ready dude you roll into a feeding frenzy right. and right dude just go have some fun right do not come back to the resort and tell me how awesome you are. Right. Because there's a few cast. Like, there was one I made a cast where I go, where we saw that one, and I go, oh, yeah. right there. And yeah. I aimed at the bait fish that he yeah. was following, and I damn near hit the bait fish at about yeah. 60 feet with my fly right. and caught one. But I was, right. I might have been a bonita. It might not even have right. been a dorado. But. Yeah, and I mean, in certain situations, it helps when the fishing's a little tougher. But what we're looking for and what the girls were on and we've been on in, in the past is just like, get it out there. You know, dude, get your fly wet. Just get it in there, like freaking yeah. crazy, and then get ready. So we end up going like Kelly. You know, I, I think I, I don't know if I landed that one or I let Kelly fight that just to have some fun. Right. You know, she's not above that. The hook and pass. Right. The hook and pass is totally acceptable in Baja, by the way. Right. The hook and pass is common. Yeah, and I'd recommend it if your ladies are with you. Dude, just have some fun. Yeah. So we went and we had utter chaos. Right. So like. Yeah. We went and the girls went through a serious adrenaline spike because they have never seen fishing like that. <laughs> yeah. And my gal's been down here several times, but like, like I said, she's a, my my wife's a teacher, and your wife is essentially works in education. education yeah. So yeah. June comes around and they're they're ready for a break. They're done working with children. Yeah, like our own children, their professional children at their right. schools. So they are like, they kind of get after it on the party in a little bit. Right, like which is great. Like That's mom, like mom's on vacation, dude. <laughs> right, <laughs> that is so. Right. We might have made it to like eleven o'clock one night. <laughs> You're right, right. <laughs> late night, really late one. <laughs> so, but they like so this Dorado action happens. The yellowtail action happened at about six forty-five a.m. Right. And it's and it's absolutely breathtaking, gorgeous here in the morning, which is oh. another adds to it i mean you're just taking it all in your your senses are on high you know you're looking at the sunset over the sea cortez which is beautiful you know and then we get into this fishing action so there you know there's a lot going on um you know as far as like mentally they what they're they're taking it because they're it's not at the pool and uh it's just amazing so 
Uh, they, they had a little crash in the bow, I think, after <laughs> after our little adrenaline spike on the fish. It was kind of like nap time up front. Dude, buenas noches. Yeah. That was like, uh, yeah. you know. Which mucho. is great. Yeah, grande yeah. siesta yeah. for the ladies. Yeah, a little sunning up on the bow, and we're on Dorado Patrol. Oh, my it was God. Awesome. What about when, so they, they both fell asleep on the bow. Kelly started reading a book, which was fortunate because the conditions we've been in were never flat enough to read except the right. day they were out. Right. And I'm sure the captains avoided, they probably stayed in that, you know, the island out there made a kind of a, a, wind, a shelter belt right. for miles. I right. mean, for many miles, that island. So we wouldn't, we weren't near the island, but we were there probably. There spots you can tuck in and get some shelter. Yeah, there's different t- currents and things. And so they, they literally slept and sunned on the bow for hours. Yeah. Two to three hours. Yeah. Well, they also took those motion sickness pills, those Mike Mycelazine. Uh, something like that, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember what the hell it was, but some, like, it, it sounds really, like, weird, but. It's over the counter the dude, Mexico. The dude at the bar gave us some the night before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he looked yeah. like a trustworthy fella. Yeah, yeah, super. <laughs> He's from Northern California. Uh, so, <laughs> but they did. They took some motion sickness pills because those guys fish down here a lot. They said they get. And last year was a little rougher. So they were prepared for that. Yeah, so they, they took, like, one uh, one pill, like, for their motion sickness. You took one, too, but you didn't get, like, yeah. you didn't get tired the way they did. But they they fell asleep and totally hijacked the bow right. and turned the deck of our fishing boat into a day lounge. They had right. blankets and books and a couple of drinks, you know, they're yeah. sunning, you know. Yeah, it, you know. They had a fantastic time. It was ridiculous. Well, then we roll up on, what, a marlin? Or, or some big fish, no rooster fish. It was a, it was that big rooster. So they're sleeping, and they roll up on the biggest rooster fish. I I finally caught my first rooster fish on this trip, but I've seen some big ones down right. here. The thing is like sixty pounds. Right. It's a world class rooster right. fish, bigger right. than you could probably ever hope to right. catch and fly in your life. And like six feet of water, maybe. Yeah, shallow water. Yeah. Like good look at it, good yeah. light, and they're like, oh. Should we move? You know, like, should, or like try to cast? I'm like stepping on heads and boobs. You know, I'm like straddling, straddling ladies' sunbathing, trying to make a cast. And they're like, "Should we move? Like, is this like a scenario where we actually go? Uh, if you want, right? Yeah, just, no. just go turn it. You know, you're fine. Yeah, like, yeah, you're you're good. So the, the day with the ladies ended awesome. We saw all sorts of wildlife. We saw dolphins. A bunch of dolphins. Close to those dolphins. Right. Turtles, and it was great. And uh, we had a little beach party that was super fun. Oh, dude, I forgot about the beach party. Yeah, the beach party was great. Met up with the whole crew, all four boats, right? Everybody yeah, on six, the trip. 16 people. 16 people on Eight. the beach, just kind of swimming in this sweet little kind of lagoon beach. Uh, with a little uh, little hut, if you, I don't know what the, the technical term Palapas, is. There. Yeah, I think something like that. Papa Yeah, one of the guys was mis- mixing up some sweet margaritas and uh, hung out there for a couple hours, um, just sunbathing and swimming and uh, just kind of kicking back. Yeah, that was fun. So we met there. So all the guide boats. It was basically double date boats, and uh, almost all the women that day caught Dorado. Right. I mean, like, that was their one day out. That right. was the best. That and had to have been the best day. I don't think it had the mad action of day three that some of the right. boats got into. But, right. yeah, the gals got to go catch Dorado. And this has been good fishing. I mean, not everybody should come here expecting to land a Dorado. I right. mean, it's a special deal. It they was, were in. They, they were, were in. Yeah. Water temps were right. There's some fortune involved. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt. So we had that big beach party. And, right. uh you know, drank some tacates, had some margaritas, hung out with our gals, you know, uh, just really nice time with our wives. Like right. this total renewal, like getting away from the kids for a few days or a week. Yeah. Not to make this podcast super corny. Some mer- no, mer- but I mean, that's a big part of it. That's, I don't go on a ton of vacations, you know. Uh, my wife and I never really go on vacation without kids. And, uh, I mean, this is perfect for that. She gets to totally, like, disconnect, recharge. I get to go fishing, you know. It's just, it's awesome. I mean, I, uh, you know, my our big trips are usually family, maybe a family fishing trip, and then I, I spend some time to go hunting. We hardly ever, you know, we've, we've taken, this is our second trip down here, and those are the two times we've ever had vacations away from the kids. 
Yeah. And I would highly recommend it. It's it's amazing. It, it's fun. Like, not everybody on our trip, I mean, most of them are all repeat guests. Right. You know, they go on this trip with Reds most years, and we get a few new couples. And it's like, man, people who take that leap and just go, yeah, I'm going to go on a couple's trip with people I don't know. Right. They're like they're usually like super cool outgoing people. Right. And it's been true like every time. Right. Like we have so much fun together. Yeah, and, it's a blast. And now it's like a reunion at this point. Yeah, and everybody that comes, like the way the trip is set up, you can be as private as you want. Some of the couples go out and they get to do their own thing for dinner. You know, we just go to some restaurants and Right. All that, but back to fishing. Like it's, I'm not a marital counselor. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Dudes, here's my marital counseling. Yeah. Dudes, you should plan a badass fishing trip and then take your wife on it. Right. <laughs> right. But make sure it's hot, there's yeah. cold drinks, good food, and a luxury resort yeah. like we're staying Sweet at. Sweet pool. Sweet pool. Yeah. And massage service. And right. Just take good care of it. Great food. And it, it's an affordable trip. I mean, right. this is not like, dude, Connor and I are about as blue collar as it gets. Right. And we save up and do this trip. But... So we end up having that big party with the wives. We go out day three. I don't remember what the hell happened day three. We didn't catch crap. You and on I day got three. skunked on the ride. Yeah. Everybody else crushed. Dude. We were just in the wrong spot. Yeah. Wrong spot. 18 Dorado. <laughs> Some of the boats caught all the Dorado. <laughs> right. They could handle. Right. That's when Steve burned a hole in his glove, broke his rod, and Mark. Busted the handle off his reel, fighting a fish too hard. Right, and day three and was they, they, a couple big Dorado landed that day. Day three was gear failure day. Right, like for the other boats. Right, the only failure after I after the coaching in the morning, you know, low rod angle, you know, this and that. Go get them. <laughs> Go get them. <laughs> it, it all goes out the window when you hook into a thirty plus pound Dorado or twenty five oh, plus dude, pound Dorado. You get super you get, possessive. You start yeah. So Connor and I got smoked. You know, we just got our butts kicked, and we got beat to death. Yeah. I'd stayed up way too late the night before. I had the beer flu. Right. Um, it was going around. Dude, I made it, though. Yeah. I mean, you, I powered. Ground, you ground through. I thought we were going in, and no, we pushed through. We I had got, a couple shots. We got on the Dorado. It was that It was that combat fishing little zone out there. Oh, Trolleando. that was, dude. So I want to paint this picture. So there's all these different characters, right? There's all these different Mexican captains. When and in America, like etiquette wise, you would never do the things these guys do. Right. Ever in a million years. You'd get your ass beat down in the <laughs> yeah. parking lot. These guys are like, hey, it's every man for himself. And they all they all communicate. They all want the other guy's guests to have a good time. They're like, dude, we watched a guy like so if you could imagine big waves, like four foot waves, right? It was rough. Yeah, it was tough. Like, Joe and I were standing casting, and I wouldn't recommend it for most to try to do it. It was it was challenging. There was maybe one or two other dudes that would stand and cast for a little bit. Like, so there's a dozen boats, right? Yeah. Big swells. Yeah. One little grass one paddy. One piece of grass. 200 Dorado that have been beat down. Yeah. You know, we like, showed up to the party a little late. We were 30 minutes late, dude. Yeah. If we had been there 30 minutes before, it would have been at utter mayhem. We would have landed some big ass Dorado. So, as it exists, we got a couple of follows and grabs, right. but we get in there. So, there's like all these different characters, right? There's the, uh, there's Trolleando. We call this one captain <laughs> with these two older guys that I recognize. They're from California. I doubt they listen to my podcast. Right. But I've seen those two older guys, at least one of them, do the same crap year after year. They tell their captain to troll at 100 miles an hour. And run circles around yeah. everybody. Basically, yeah. they ran over the damn grass paddy. Twice. Like, twice. Like, they're driving over the top of the one grass paddy yeah. that these boats... Ran over a couple lines. Ran over a couple lines. Cut somebody's Dorado off. They were fighting. Like, this is no joke. If you're listening to this, picture this Mexican captain <laughs> in Ponga just flooring that... He's wearing yeah. a Gilligan's Island hat, which I love. <laughs> right. Just made he him would. look like... Just right. a Watch total, out for that guy next year. Yeah, I'm sure he'd be wearing another hat by then. But it was just funny to watch, like... He would just, he'd power up, dude, when they didn't have a fish on. And those guys caught some fish when oh, we yeah. were there. They, they like, a lot of other boats caught fish when we were there. We just had malo suerte. Just bad luck. Yeah. But the Trolleando boat would just, dude, if they didn't have a fish on, they would just drag that crap at 20 miles, like, literally 20 miles an hour in a Ponga boat and rip ass. Through everybody. S-curving and ripping ass, like, breaking stuff yeah. up. Like, maybe they're mixing up the chum. Right. But what I think they were doing is they're trying to get one on trolling 
so that they got a decoy, they throw a live chum at the one that's hooked, and then create you know a hookup where they actually get to cast and strip for guy two. I don't know. Yeah. But like I've seen that dude, and he fishes down here a lot. Like they see him do the same thing. Me, I'm personally like I don't like no pun intended, but I'm not making waves. Right. Like I'm I'm like I don't tell my captain like yeah let's just rip ass around here. And be, Bust yeah. up this one grass patty, <laughs> right. troll me up a fish. Yeah, like if I'm fly fishing and I got no problem with trolling, got no problem with live bait, none whatsoever. I'd be totally into that. I think it's a fascinating way to learn how to fish better. But I ain't making a shit ton of waves around like twelve boats. Right. So we got that guy ripping ass. We got the, we got some other guys that are just funny to watch. You know, we got people falling over the boat. We had one. So there was. How many anglers in that whole posse? Out of all Oh, gosh. Uh, there had to be 12 boats out there. My wife has just showed up asking for money, and I'm going to ask her to order me another margarita. Dos? Dos Mas margaritas, honey. I just got to go buy a piggy. She brought me a Reddington Predator 10 weight. We'll talk more about why that's getting returned right now from somebody <laughs> in a second. Isn't that a cool gal? She brings me a tin yeah. weight and orders and us two margaritas. Yeah, gives us drinks to go. Yeah. Be, yeah. So uh, we're just about to check out of the hotel. Just go home day. It sucks. So how many anglers were in that batch? 24. 24. We saw that one gal in the pink shirt. Right. She didn't look too happy. No. <laughs> she was ready to go home. She was ready to go home. She was ready to go She home. looked pissed. Yeah, she looked like, hey, go fishing. She like, looked it'll be just fun, how they, my wife would have looked if she was out there, too. It'll be fun, they say. <laughs> but, like, the people watching is kind of fun because you're in this utter chaos. And there's dudes who, like, have caught a few Dorado that are just like, hey, when it's my turn, it's my turn. And there are dudes that are kind of like, they're all mine. Right. Like, I want to get them all. And then there's dudes that are like, they're just sitting down getting the hell rocked out of them. They're way getting way, you know. <laughs> they're ready. To, yeah. <laughs> they want to go. So, anyway, we're like kind of like people watching because there's, like, you can blind cast all you want, but to be honest with you, like if I'm giving somebody advice who's going to come do some Dorado fishing, whether it's on a red strip, you're going to bring, you know, your your significant other or not, like wait for the dang Dorado to eat the live chum. You're going to educate them. The more you throw that sardine fly out there, because they have inc- impeccable vision. And if you th- think you're going to throw a sink tip line with 40 to 60 pound fluorocarbon leader and a fake fly and like just blind fool them. Now, you can do that in some situations. Like, if you roll up on a grass paddy and there's some uneducated fish, but once they've been thrown out a few times, like, let them eat the live sardines and do the little the bait and switch thing on them. Like, right. I mean, throw on top of that. Like, when you roll up on that thing, let that guy hit him with live chump. Let that feeding frenzy get hot. And right. then try to slip in there and get your fish. They're not going to stop eating after they hit, like, three sardines. It's just yeah. getting going. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be kind of nuts. But like, we had fun people watching. We got some stories about it that we probably can't tell. Like, it was just like watching these dorks. Just like they're so competitive. And I want to catch some fish, but yeah. I'm not like I'm not like ah, I just run. No, drag. I'm not gonna run over anybody's line, or, dude. Like, or destroy the grass paddy. Can you imagine you <laughs> you flew say from like Minnesota, Minnesota, right? Mm-hmm. So you fly from Minnesota, come to Baja. You're stuck. You finally get your auto on, and some a hole like literally trolls his shit right over your line and cuts your Dorado off. Like... <laughs> you gotta have some grace. <laughs> yeah. Muchas gracias. Gracias, Javier. No, no. Some you want chips and salsa or peanuts? Chips and guacamole, please. Okay. Of course. Yeah, we're living, we're living the Baja right. life. Yeah. Party's almost over, yeah. dude. We're getting on a plane here in a little bit. It's time to check emails, go back to work. But, like, you, can you imagine? Say you're from Minnesota. Say you're from Seattle, where it right. rains 150 days right. a year. You know, near where we're at. Uh, and some dude just literally drives over your Dorado and cuts your fly line off. You'd be upset. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, in America, there would be beatdowns. Yeah. But, like, the captains have... You'd be meeting at the boat launch. The, the captains don't get upset about it. They're like, hey, you know what? We're trying to show all these, you know, these fishermen a good time. Yeah. Like, they're actually really cool. Like, a lot can be learned, like, in our guiding... You know, you guide you know, significantly less than I do. But, like, a lot can be learned, like, with these captains are on the radio helping each other out. Like, hey, let's get everybody a few fish. Right. You know, and, and the more boats that are in there, honestly, the more chum they provide. And the live sardines, although they're live, they're much more vulnerable. I mean, because they're not in, like, their natural environment. Dude, those are ought to just smash them up. Right. There's no safety numbers when there's 
three sardines swimming through the water. Dude, they get no. crushed. Right. It is one of the coolest things you could ever see is watching Dorado take live sardines. So day three, we like we laughed about it. We had a hell of a good time. We just like we got a good kick out of that, like yeah. the chaos around there, like all the different boats and yeah. And then a giant yacht shows up. The like the yacht, like the thing right. was like 35, 40 feet. Right. Like this is a huge six, six people in it, six dudes in it. Dude, we're all in like basically if we're comparing it to cars. Dingies. Yeah, if we're comparing it to cars, we're in like seventy seven Fords. You know, pickups with dents in the side and multicolored doors and hoods. Like, these are working boats, right? right? Like, and then all of a sudden, like, this brand new Cummins, you know, like, <laughs> giant dually. The, yeah, yeah. They, they, like, One ton Duramax, you know, GMC shows up. We're, we're in, like, these jalopies. Like, <laughs> yeah. all these guys, all these Mexican dudes are just working super hard. And God bless them, like, they're getting every fish they can. And then this giant yacht. And remember, he had his his. I don't he even know what trolling rigging out. I forget. I don't know what those are called. I don't even know what they're called. But basically, he's got these wings. He's dragging lures off the sides like a hundred foot wingspan yeah. right through the middle of our stuff. So these other captains are like, "Oh hell, we got to get out of the way. Or we're going to get snagged by this guy's bait." So he shows up, and he got it like pretty much. They end up boxing him out. Right. <laughs> and we're watching this all in yeah. suit because we're like, "Yeah, hell, we've got some drought of this week. We're not, you know." It's all good. We're not. It's all good. We're not that hard up. Plus, we're vacation with our wives. It's, right. It's not all about fishing. Right. So we're laughing about this. Well, he ends up getting kind of boxed out and finally goes like, "Crap! I can't troll all through the middle of the twelve boats. <laughs> My boat's too big. I can't troll through them." Yeah. Well, especially with those wings. Well, he ended up tucking those things in. Right. You know, his outriggers. And then he got finally got pissed. And <laughs> I don't know if it was a rental boat, like, or the dude, because he was not a typical like, you know. He wasn't a local. That's for no. damn sure. He put the throttle down. He blew diesel smoke. Like yeah, he rolled coal through that whole area. <laughs> <laughs> it was like crazy. He rolled coal. He's like a hilly, hillbilly at heart <laughs> in an intersection. Yeah. You know, down by the 7-Eleven. Let's show the ladies yeah. what's up. And he just hammered down and blew black smoke all over everybody. Yeah. Hopefully that paints a picture of, like, how funny the situation was. because right. It was the total opposite the day before with the gals. Yeah, like... Just to, like, why we're laughing about this. And then he made these six-foot waves, like, they right. big waves. And we're laughing, like, why? Like, this, there's, like, blue water for as far as the eye can see. And right. the remainder of Plenty the trip, of fish. the remainder of the trip is so pristine. Like, that's what cracks us up and why we can laugh about this. Because we roll through these areas. The cliff walls that we went by yesterday where we were seeing the pelicans swoop along the cliff walls. Right. We're Looking seeing for s- goats. Yeah, looking for goats and bighorn sheep. Right. You know, they have one of the, some of the finest specimens of desert bighorn sheep in the world down here. It's one of the right. top big game destinations for desert bighorns in the world. But we're watching sea lions and tortugas, turtles, right. if no habla espanol. Right. Uh, we're watching all this cool stuff. And most of the time is so pristine. And then that Dorado bite starts. Yeah. A little radio chatter starts. Then all of a sudden... Guide turns about ninety degrees, throttles right. down. You beats you beats you to snot, yeah. you know, on the way out, and you're excited. There's Spanish going on on the radio, and we roll <laughs> up on scene, you know, and there's going to be some Dorado chaos, which right. was what we had yesterday. Right. So let's just go ahead and like to keep. Right. If anybody's still listening, to this, right. Let's bring them up to speed. Yeah. Uh, yes. So yesterday. Uh, you know, we went on patrol first thing, got up early, went to the marina, grabbed two sweet empanadas. and then, 15 pesos a piece, dude. Yeah. yeah that's about like the equivalent of like 75 80 cents. cents or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Jumped in the boat, headed let, out. Let's, let's do this. Let's, uh, we're going to keep this podcast at like just under an hour. But I want to hit on what is the morning like. Because the morning is like... The anticipation of getting to that marina while it's still dark and seeing all the fishermen and listening to the Spanish, right. attempting to speak some Spanglish, you right. know, like <laughs> right. getting your empanadas and getting yeah. your coffee. Like the startup of every day is magic, dude. And then yeah. you watch, like, you watch that sun, like you, you see the twilight starting, right? And then the sun is spectacular because it rises right over the ocean. And so you get about 30 minutes of spectacular light or more. Right. And then you see the, the fishermen, the bait boys are out there catching bait. And then as it begins to get that golden light, the sardines start to hit the surface. And you got guys netting sardines. You got people launching boats. And you listen, you can be a fly on the wall down at that marina. And it's a really 
it's a really special thing. It's awesome. It's awesome. I mean, it's a highlight. It's a highlight. You're refreshed from a you know good night's sleep in a sweet resort, and uh, you walk down there. It's like a two minute walk from here, and uh, it's cool. It's super cool. It's super calm. It's uh, it's just super fun. People watching get to watch a couple boats get launched, and people are all psyched, and everybody's you got that anticipation of what the day might hold. And uh, we grab your, you know, you grab your beers and uh, your lunch. It's pretty much waiting in the boat. Get your captain, you get in, head out. And uh, you go out and you're headed due east, pretty much, maybe northeast. Right into the sunrise. Right into the sunrise. It, sunrise look, yeah. Looking for what? Looking for birds, bait balls, I mean, dolphins, whales. You're going to see it all in the morning. Yeah, you're going to see turtles, I mean, dolphins, whales. Amazing. I mean, right. we, we saw the pilot whales one day. You right. know, we're not here during peak whaling season. That's more during the wintertime. But uh, you, you're going to see it all right. in one of the most beautiful sunrises right. you've ever seen. But like, And you get to participate because on the fourth day, we're enjoying all this ambiance, right? Like, you know, where it's like one of the most magical mornings you can experience. Like, there's something special. That's why this is one of the world's top tourist destinations. Right. But what do we see on the way out? We saw uh, three marlin. Three I mean, marlin. We, yeah. We started out with one, and we took... It was surfacing right in front of the boat. We dang near... It was, Dude. what, 30 feet off the, so, the bow? So I, I've seen about 10 marlin, like, close to the boat, you know, down here. And I'm not into... Yes, you can go places to build fish fish, and you control teasers, and you control live bait, get mar- or bait with no hook, right, and try to get right. marlin close to the boat right. and all that stuff. But the truth is, like, I've seen about 10 where we can move up on them, and most of the time they're just sleeping on the surface. Right. And uh, you're going to end up sleep. They're going to end up, you know, you roll up on these marlin, right. you see them in the distance, right. and it's unfreaking believable to see, you know, a fish that's up to 400 pounds, you know, right. maybe. I mean, I asked the captain's estimate, but he judges the distance between the dorsal and the tail when they're floating. But dude, that one you cast at yesterday, it was eating live sardines. Right. It took some of our live sardines, which is usually opens the door. Once right. that happens, you have a pretty good chance of getting them. But dude, you put a mean shot on that right. thing. We had a chance. We had a chance. I mean, it was super cool. It came up. It actually, we saw it feed. The captain was super skookum. Joe immediately went for the twelve weight. Gave it to me. It was like, dude, make a good shot. The thing ate the sardine. We got a good shot at it. It just didn't work out. But well, you threw it right hard. into the froth. Right. You know, like, I mean, the thing go wash and just freaking thrash. And we're right. like, holy crap. Right. Well, you know, we found Nessie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we hung out, took a couple more shots, and threw some more sardines. It just didn't work out. But it was it was awesome. It was super awesome. I mean, I'd never, that was a first for me. I'd never, so, ever done that before. So you've killed bull elk with your bow. You've killed mountain lion with your bow. We've shot bears together. We've yeah. shot mule deer with the boat. Like, a lot of big adrenaline rushes yeah. while out hunting and gathering, right? Yeah. This, that marlin is up there with, like... Oh, for sure. ...taking something, like a big game animal with a boat. Yeah. Like, you get one good shot, and you're like, here we go, dude. If I tie into this thing, it's, like... Yeah, it's a I've, memory of a lifetime. I've started something i got to finish. Right. You know, like, you know, so... Dude, it didn't work out this time. There were two marlin caught yesterday, small guys. Right. Uh, On trolling gear, which would be fantastic and it's but taking a shot at a feeding marlin casting on casting a fly. It is different it is different yeah you don't you don't get to troll for a marlin and then come talk about what awesome fishermen you were around the bar at night you right. know we we haven't had any of those in our group but i got this guy and i think like anybody who's ever fished baja knows him and i wrote a blog article like five years ago and i call him big time billy baja and it's that one dude Shows up at the bar. You just had a great day. Maybe you're fishing with your wife. Maybe you took a little time to like really appreciate the the turtles, and you're like you're not all about ego and like what I caught. Like I really want to have an amazing ego experience. You're having a few beers, you know, whatever. You know, having a nice time. And that one dude shows up at the end of the bar, and that's big time Billy Baja. Right. And he's trolling. He might have six rods of the damn water, outriggers, everything else. Well, of course, the son of a bitch right. caught like a shit ton of fish by right. the end of the day because he had eight rods in the water. Right? How and, can uh, you not? How could you not? Yeah. There's so much sea life out here; it's crazy. Yeah. Yet never cast a rod once. Right? Don't yeah, have here, to here's cast a riddle: rod. How does a guy catch a crap ton of fish and never cast a rod once? <laughs> Trolliando. Trolliando is the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Trolling. So, uh, 
you know, there's we had no big time Billy Bajas in our group. Fortunately, I think they don't. I don't think they stayed as nice a place as we yeah. do, probably because they're not with their gals. But but also, or they're on their fourth wife, so right. they don't really, you know, right. have a gal with them. Right. But, uh, but we did have a couple guys that trolled flies, and which it was super rough oh, out there. And not everybody them. can balance on the bow like Joe Rotor. <laughs> so if you can't, these guys they were trolling some uh, big marlin flies on fly line and. Got a couple oh. marlin, which is freaking sweet. Dude, nobody gives a crap right. whether you catch them trolling or casting. Right. Because there's a certain, uh, you know, Steve Rinella refers to it as like the hunt purity score. Like there, there's a hunt purity score. <laughs> yeah, like right. casting at a Dorado, like fly casting, making a good cast on a quiet area where maybe you didn't chase the, 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 the radio herd. chatter right. and you found right. your own three or four Dorado right. like we did with the girls. Right. The the hunt purity on our own grass patty of Dorado where we slip in there and do it right, real clean, a delicately placed fly, all that. High on the hunt purity scale. Dragon, you know, squid baits or dragon flies behind the boat, like, hey, you got something awesome, but like it doesn't score as high on the hunt purity scale. No. Right? Like no. even the sea bass that we caught, like where we were and we caught Connor and I had a day where was that day three day three yeah. day three we said we didn't catch anything but we actually did we caught a bunch of sea bass yeah, we had a sweet bass section yeah bass like section. anywhere from one to five pounds you know the yeah. biggest one might have been like five yeah. pounds but we caught a bunch of sea bass it was really yeah. fun and, and we, we were just kind of catching that while we were hoping to maybe see a rooster and we did we saw yeah. a huge rooster yeah. fish again that day yeah but like there's a hunt purity scale and I don't care whether you go catch fish on live bait. Like, I could care less. Right. I grew up, dude. I am a... Dude, my pedigree is super redneck. Right, like, me too. Dude, you too. Like, worms and cut plug herring, boy. Worms and cut plug herring, dude. <laughs> no, and if you bought worms, you were a city slicker, dude. <laughs> right. Buying any worms. Right. Like, I didn't even know that you could buy worms until <laughs> right. I was like 14. Right. <laughs> right. So, nobody cares whether you troll... Nobody honestly cares whether you catch a couple of fish on gear because I think gear right. fishing is absolutely right. underappreciated by fly fishermen. Right. I think fly fishermen think they're somehow doing something better. Right. And there's a lot to learn from gear fishermen because right. guess what? You know how they you know how these captains learned how to catch fish? Gear fishing. Right. They didn't learn it by some yeah. dude out there who could cast a maximum of thirty five feet right. with a fly. Yeah. They learned how to catch Dorado and all these different great fish by doing some, you know, live bait and casting lures and plugs and all that. But nobody cares. But the last day we caught like our party landed two marlin. Right. You know, dragonflies behind the boat. Right. And they were they were both not We saw three. We saw three. We cast at them. We never trolled because it honestly it messes up my fly line. It twists up my fly line. But right. The last Which I was going to, I don't know, get your thoughts on this. It's like, man, you know, if it is super rough, you come down here next year, it might not be a bad idea to just bring a thrashed fly line for that situation. Mm. Like, there's marlin around, you know. I don't feel like I can stand up in these swells and yeah. cast, so maybe you throw and up you your get thrash less sick. line. You get less sick under power, you right. know, when that boat's moving through some waves. Right. You can put a sw- there's a bunch of different stuff you can put do. a swivel on. You can put a swivel on and stuff, but I don't want a swivel running through my guides. Right. You know, um, my wife just came up and gave us the little. It's time to go, like a little oh, tap on a wrist. But really. so we got a few more minutes. But I want to wrap. I kind of want to start wrapping up. Like this couldn't the trip couldn't have been any better. No, I mean I don't, I don't even know. Could have been longer. Maybe. We could, We'd be jerks to say, well, the fishing could have been a little better. No. God, we caught so much cool right. stuff. Right. I did land a rooster fish on the last day, right. albeit small, but I got my first rooster fish. So, uh, but I, oh, wait, I did land a Dorado yesterday. And I did land a Bonita. Yeah. No, we got a couple. We got like three Dorado yesterday and a bunch of Bonita. Yeah, we caught some sweet Dorado. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we caught some awesome Dorado. So, anyway, it was a kick ass trip. Uh, but I did get the Super Slam. We're going to start the Baja Super Slam. That's for fly fishing. That's Benita, Dorado, Roosterfish. Right. That's a Grand Slam, actually. We're not going to call it a Super Slam. You get a Marlin, that's, that's a like super a super-duper Grand yeah. Slam. Yeah. We're going to call that a Super Slam because those are the most popular fly fishing species. Yellowtail are kind of a deeper species. But I think Roosterfish, Dorado, and Benita, you right. know, which are like a little, you know, kind like of a tuna. Mini, mini tuna. Yeah. They fight hard as hell. They pound flies. We had a great time catching those things right. yesterday out there at the crap show. You know right. what I'm Yeah. With yeah. all the boats. Um, well, I mean, yesterday wasn't as bad as the day before. I mean, but no. expect to see other boats. Yeah. So, but in, in conclusion, like, if you're going to plan this trip, a couple of things. Like, I'm going to share 
a couple of pieces of advice. And Connor has uh, been on the trip a few less times than me, um, and he doesn't sell tackle. So he makes him less biased right. than me. Uh, but I'm going to share a couple of pieces of advice. You know, you need about two dozen good flies, I'd say. Like, you need sardine patterns. You need a couple of poppers. You should bring a couple of gigantic flies from Marlin if you want to drag flies from Marlin, which I did not bring. I'm not I'm not better than it. I don't really care. I'm right. just not going to drag flies from Marlin. I'd rather just kind of poke around. I'd rather go catch five-pound sea bass, right. you know. But you need a heavy sink tip line and a 12-weight would be, like, my number one rod. And I'm going to make a little YouTube video that most of you probably won't watch till the end because you're going to watch all this crazy action. They're going to be like, once it gets boring and there's information involved, you'll be like, oh, next, I'm going to watch baseball. I'm going to watch baseball. Yeah, I'm going to watch baseball fights, you know, (laughs) whatever. Uh, So watch that video if you're really interested and you want to plan a trip either with your family, your gal, whether you go with reds or you just want advice, buy some stuff from us. Like, we won't oversell you. You're going to get a 12-weight rod with a heavy sink tip line. I like a quality 12-weight saltwater rod, a sink tip line, the Rio Leviathan. They're not going to come up with a better name, so I know they're going to keep right. making that again and again right. again. But a Rio Leviathan line, you know, to match. If you're not a very good caster, go with the lighter version, you know, like 400 grains, 450 grains, whatever, on 12-weight. Strong backing, because here's the foibles we had. Kevin lost an entire fly line, and I don't think Kevin is around, but Kevin bought a crappy reel, and Kevin's crappy reel cost him another 90 bucks. We watched that Dorado waste his fly line. Big Dorado. Big ass Dorado. Dorado. So this Dorado runs out like a 30-pounder, and if you have never experienced 30-pound Dorado, like a legit, like on a scale, 30-pound, which most people would say, it was 55 pounds. It, It stole his entire fly line. Because it's real glitched, like it's a crappy drag system. And I'll say it, it was an Echo Ion, which is a good reel for the money. But, like, buy a good reel. Like, right. just buy I, I fish T-Bores. You fish Sage and T-Bore this right. week. Buy a good reel, dude. I mean, if you're going to do it, do it once. Don't buy new reels every five years. I bet you he'd pay the balance of those two reels to get that fish in his hand. I bet you in he would heartbeat. pay. I bet you he would pay a thousand bucks to get that fish in his hand. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, just to go. You know what? I wish I owned something yeah. good. It would have been one of the biggest, well, Dorado, probably the biggest Dorado of the trip. Oh, bi- easy. We watched that thing, and it fought like none other. Right. It jumped more times, and it it broke off his entire fly line. And then we had to pull our boat up alongside him because he had no backup fly line. I had right. to pitch him a new fly line, which I loaned him. I should charge him a rental fee for that. Like, here's 100 bucks, Kevin. Here you go. Um, no charge. Hosted by Red's Fly Shop. Uh, so anyway, Kevin lost a fly line. Crappy-ass reel. Steve broke a rod because it was a 10-weight, I believe. I don't think Steve's an experienced fisherman. Right. It's just 10-weights like... Shit's going to happen, right? The rod tip's going to hit the edge of the boat. Right. You're going to make crazy. mistakes fighting fish by the boat. You're going to think they're done, and that fish will take off with power of which you've yeah. never witnessed. Right. Uh, you know, we we didn't know, we didn't have any knot failures because no. everybody's fishing pretty heavy line. But, like, good reels, good rods. I'm choosing a 12-weight. I'm throwing a 10-weight if I got one uh, for sea bass and smaller species. Right. but. You got to pop up, and you may throw at a rooster fish that will blow your mind. You're going to throw up marlin. You're going to throw a 30 pound dorado. I never felt like it was less fun because I fish a 12 weight. No, I fish a 12 weight for no. everything down here. No, and for goodness sake, if you get a giant marlin on or a giant dorado on, you're going to want to have the gear to land it, dude. Absolutely. So get huge backing. You know, we at Reds we sell primarily sixty-eight pound hatch only because like we don't we haven't tested it. I don't right. think it's like that much better, but like minimum a fifty-pound gel spun. You know, like get a good backing and get a good fast sinking line because not because you need to get deep all the time, but because when you throw out there, if you cast it and start stripping it instantly, which you need to do, you cannot let that fly sit still. Then you need to get it three or four feet down. And if you strip it as fast as you possibly can, you're four feet down with a fast sinking line. Right. Like, you, you want a fast sinking line. I've caught them on intermediate lines and all that crap, but you know what? Get a fast sinking line if you want to do right. it right. Right. You come down here once a year, you know, give it your best shot with your best stuff. Yeah, and uh, Reddington Predator gets, you know, thumbs up. It's a good rod. You noticed a big difference between the Sage Salt HD 
Yeah. And the, the Reddington, you right. fished both. Right. And I'm not a great caster, but, I mean, it was significant difference. Yeah, I fished yeah. the Sage Salt HD, you know, the whole time. But uh, Connor, when he had to switch back and forth between his Predator and mine, he noticed a big difference yeah. in just the castability. Yeah. Well, we're going to wrap this up, dude. we got to just – we're going to eat some chips and guac, finish our margaritas, and get on a plane. But it was an awesome trip. Um you know, check out Reds. Email Joe at RedsFlyShop.com if you want, um, you know, flies, gear, whatever, want to plan a trip. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we even have a Twitter account, which I almost forgot about. But um, Twitter. Uh, we went with uh, try to follow La Pamela one at Twitter, uh, I think is uh, her handle, but it's Loretto Fly Fishing. She did a killer job for us this week, getting us the best guides, best captains. Uh, Pam's awesome. So she hooked us up with the fishing portion of it. Uh, big thanks to La Mission, um, the hotel we used to do this trip. It's not the only hotel in town. It's good. And uh, had a great time. So anyway, look us up. Visit Reds. Use us to help plan your trip. We won't oversell you, I promise. But uh, moral of the weekly story on gear was buy the best rods and reels and lines you possibly can. You don't need a bazillion flies, but I would bring about 24 well-assorted sardine patterns weighted non-weighted poppers and then a few smaller flies for inshore species should the surf be too rough that you end up fishing for trigger fish sea bass trumpet fish that kind of stuff anyway that's all for now thanks for listening folks